Hey guys, welcome back to Fiction Fixation. We're your hosts. I'm Courtney. And I'm Rose. And this week we are going to be recapping the movie Alone Together starring Katie Holmes. And that's it. Just Katie Holmes. Nobody else. It's only Katie Holmes. <laughs> starring Katie Holmes and Jim Sturgis. Yeah. You know what? I've never seen Katie Holmes as an actress before this movie. I knew she was an actress, but I don't think I've ever seen her in anything. Stop it. You never watched Dawson's Creek? No. She's like, to me, a mix between Sandra Bullock and what's that girl from Twilight? Kristen Stewart. Kristen Stewart. Yeah. She's like a really awkward Sandra Bullock. She's like if Kristen Stewart and Sandra Bullock had an acting child. A Nepo baby. A Nepo baby. It would be her. So this is the first like pandemic movie that I've seen. Same. Too freaking soon, bro. We're all actively trying to forget. Because as a planet, we were like collectively traumatized. Yeah. Like, have you ever heard of people talking about pandemic babies? Yeah. Like these pandemic babies are a different breed because these babies like didn't see people until they were like two. And they're like, who the fuck is that? They're like, what are people? <laughs> they're just they probably thought the world was like ran by like robots because like <laughs> the trash truck. Yeah. And a lot of people don't even see their mailman when they're putting stuff in their mailbox. They just right. see the vehicle. Right. You're yeah. so right. Oh, my God. That's so funny. They probably thought the world consisted of their parents, their siblings and robots, mm -hmm. which like is not that far off. And Coco Melon. Yeah, and Coco Melon. So Katie Holmes plays a woman named June. And June is a food critic living in New York City. Yeah. And she's actually pretty decent at it. She said that she was making good money. How do you feel about, like, as a cook, how do you feel about food critics? How do you feel about somebody coming into your restaurant, tasting your sazon, and saying, this is bland? I feel like it's one thing if it's a restaurant. Yeah. But if you're coming into my house, everything's fucking delicious. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to hear your whore mouth say anything other than, oh my God, this is amazing. How did you get the chicken so dry? I love it. <laughs> Usually people's chicken has like some moisture to it. And I no. hate that. I want it sticking to the roof of my mouth. If my chicken's not dry, I don't think it's done. If my chicken has any juice left in it, I'm like, it's not done. I think it's so raw. <laughs> so the story starts off in New York City, right at the beginning of the coronavirus situation. So when the shutdown started. Right, because the virus had reached New York at this point. Because remember, it started on the West Coast and then... It got mm -hmm. to New York and it started spreading really rapidly in New York, obviously, because, you know, everybody is like, literally, I remember getting into the subway and I would be squeezed up between a bunch of strangers. Mm -hmm. It was just normal. Like you're breathing the air that someone else is exhaling. Yeah. I think it really did kind of hit big in bigger cities, especially big cities with large public transit systems. Mm -hmm. um, and I think a lot of smaller cities were kind of spared from it for a long time because we don't have larger public transit systems. So June has a boyfriend. She has like this long term boyfriend of a year, which like is that long term? I don't know. He books them an Airbnb to get out of the city, which I think is pretty smart because I think a lot of people got stuck in the city because they didn't get out. Mm -hmm. When she gets to the train station, there's no one there, which is very rare. Yeah. And one of her trains is delayed. 
I mean, listen, they can tell you the trains are delayed and it could really be that there is no train, that the train just Uh rode into a parallel universe and no one knows where it is. And they won't tell you that. They'll just say delayed. How are you delayed 47 minutes? Did you hit something? Are you in traffic with other trains? I don't understand. <laughs> that Yeah, that's funny, right? Like, how do trains get delayed when they're on a track Yeah, that's made just for that train? Yeah, you can't go anywhere else. You know, she's hearing broadcast of, you know, as of tonight, you know, these are being shut down. And she's like, well, shit. The transit system is a mess. June mm-hmm. can't get a train. She can't get a bus. There's no way out of the city except for like Lyft or Uber or those kind of share ride systems. And um, she has to catch one to the Airbnb. And I don't understand why she's not going with her boyfriend because her her boyfriend, how is he getting there? Because she's on the she's on the Lyft by herself. I don't know. I'm not sure why they didn't just ride together. But boyfriend actually ends up not making it. He, dude, I was so pissed at this. He texts uh-huh. her as she's getting a ride to the Airbnb, which, by the way, is somewhere upstate in the countryside. And her boyfriend texts her. Yeah. And he said, I think I'm going to stay with my parents. Yeah. he's He says he's worried about his parents. So he's going to stay behind. And listen, I get that. But what I don't get is how you are deciding as she is on her way to the Airbnb. Yeah. And he's not even like, hey, why don't you come back here and stay with us? Or, you know, like, hey, I'm going to stay here for the next day or so. Then I'll meet you there. I just want to make sure my parents are settled. No, he just flat out abandons her alone in an Airbnb in a wilderness with turkeys. It's a criminal act. Um, No, it's true. He doesn't offer her alternatives. He's just like, "I I I can't come. I'm sorry. And she's like, I understand. So she gets dropped off at this Airbnb, again, in the middle of nowhere. Her phone is dead. She can't find the house keys that were supposed to be left for her. Mm-hmm. She is so just like flustered and probably a little scared. I'd be a little scared because it's like dark, dark outside. To me, there's nothing scarier than being stranded somewhere with your phone dead. Like, I don't even know how people did it before cell phones. I full-on panic attack. I could be home and my phone dies and I feel like I'm going to miss something important. I can't imagine Uh being stranded in the middle of nowhere. And as she's having her, you know, little mental breakdown, um, a dude comes out of the house and is like, can I help you? Yeah. So there's like this confusion where she thinks that the guy is the owner of the Airbnb and he's like, no, I actually booked this. I actually booked this Airbnb. And she's like, no, my boyfriend booked it. They go back and forth, and the guy's being kind of a douche. Do you think he's being a douche? I think he was being perfectly reasonable because she she seemed very entitled. She was like, "He, you said you booked it yesterday. We booked it on Sunday. So, like, she wanted him to leave because she was there. I would have wanted him to leave, too, because she brought up a good point with, you have a car. You can leave. Right. I don't have a car or a cell phone. I can't leave. I get that. I just think it's it's a little entitled to expect the other person to care about your issues. Like, I think as a general rule, we should just assume that people don't care, especially New Yorkers, because the guy's a New Yorker. Like, listen, don't come to a New Yorker with a sob story. Like, yeah, we like New Yorkers are conditioned to turn off their empathy when they're hearing a sob story, because otherwise we would go crazy because on the on the subway, 
people would come in and start spewing these like horrific stories about how their house burned down and their kids are homeless and they need a couple cents. And it happens 30 times an hour. So you shut it off. Like you shut off your, yeah. your empathy. Cause you're just like, I can't be scammed by a stranger 30 times on my commute to work. I, when we were in new Orleans on vacation, I was literally giving every homeless person we saw money. And my husband's like, you need to fucking stop. <laughs> Well, I honestly think they were like telling the others, like, <laughs> look for the chubby brunette bitch in the red shorts. She's giving out change. Oh, my God. We got one. So Charlie, the gentleman that's in the house already, he pegs her right away. He's like, what, Upper West Side? Mm-hmm. And she's like, e- yeah. Mm-hmm. She's like, where are you from, Wisconsin? <laughs> and he's like, no, why would you think that? And she's like, you're drinking beer. Can we talk about Charlie for a second? Because he is like this bearded guy. He just looks like a flannel wearing, beer drinking dude, right? Like pretty standard, pretty standard white guy. Yeah. Well, here's the thing. Not We're not talking like corporate white guy or nine to five white guy. No. He looks like... Like an artist, kind of. He kind of does have the artsy little flair to him, but it's, he has like a slightly more rugged artsy mm-hmm. flair to him. Yeah. Like he's not, he doesn't look like a painter. He looks like he carves wood with a chainsaw. <laughs> he looks like the type of guy that would mansplain things to you. He does. You know, so that was kind of the vibes that I got. Well, here's the thing. If I were June and I show up and I'm alone with a strange white guy, uh, one of us has to go because we can't both be here. I'm not about to get murdered tonight. You know? I know. And it's so Charlie refuses to leave, which I get because he paid for this Airbnb. And now this random lady is like, you need to go. I paid for it. But here's what's crazy. The house looks pretty big from the outside, but it only has one bedroom and one bathroom. I didn't get that. It's the same thing with Lorelai's house and Gilmore Girls. You're telling me this is only a two bedroom? Yeah. With one bathroom? I call bullshit. Just giant cavernous living rooms, giant cavernous kitchens, one tiny bedroom, one little bathroom. Well, it's a full two stories. Yeah. So like, where's... Where's the rest of the house? Somebody's missing a door somewhere. <laughs> there's there's another room there somewhere. There's other people there. <laughs> oh my gosh. Can you imagine? There's just like on the other side of the house, the owner of the Airbnb is just watching them the whole time. Oh, that's one of the things that freaks me out about Airbnbs. Like I prefer Airbnbs over hotels for most things, but I'm always like, what if they have cameras? Mm-hmm. What if they're recording me while I'm shaving my legs? You know, <laughs> what if yeah. they're seeing me like struggle to get behind the knee? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Personally, it's not a vacation if I have to stay in someone else's house and then I have to clean and I have to cook. Like that's not a vacation for me. I'm not doing it. Charlie decides like, you know what? I'll take the couch. You take the bed. We'll figure this out in the morning. She has nowhere else to go. He's doing her a solid. She's legit stranded. Mm -hmm. That night, you know, she's flustered. She goes and immediately takes a shower, but he already used the towels in the bathroom. So she uses her old clothes to dry off with. Yeah, I can't believe she actually picked up a towel from the floor and considered using it. Yeah, like you don't know what kind of butt funk he has. Listen, that butt funk. You don't know which part of the towel he used to dry his balls. You could be getting ball face. Yeah, she was, uh, but she didn't risk it, thankfully. I was, for a second, I really thought she was going to do that. For a second, we're like, Katie, no. 
<laughs> Katie, <laughs> don't do it. Put it down. <laughs> yeah. So it's it's awkward because there's only one bathroom. So when even though he's sleeping on the couch, when he has to pee, he has to go upstairs right next to her room and she could hear him peeing. And to me, that's so intimate. Like, I don't want to hear a stranger peeing. I mean, it's one thing if it's like in like a public bathroom because it's like expected. Right. You know, but like you're you're in a robe trying to open a bottle of wine. <laughs> right. And he's over there like turning on a fire hose, just like blasting the toilet. <laughs> it was like a lot. Did you see the way she was trying to open that bottle of wine? Yeah. I mean, June is just the epitome of a basic bitch. And I'm here for it because she was like, I had a long day. I just want a bottle of wine, like a whole bottle. <laughs> she's June is all of us, you know, she is all of us. But it looks like she's never used a corkscrew before in her life because she puts it in sideways and then she doesn't put the clamp thing down to pry it open like you're supposed to. She tries to just rip it straight out. And then, of course, it goes everywhere. Right. She screams and he comes over and he's like, are, are you OK? And she's like, I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm surprised he even came over to see if she was OK, because when he came upstairs to use the bathroom, she's like, what are you doing up here? She was so yeah, rude. That's so true. Like, I understand how she was feeling, but also, like, you don't know if this man is a murderer. Like, be nicer to him. No, I'm just kidding. I don't want to say that. No, no, for real. Listen, until you know if someone's a murderer, you should, in fact, be nice to them. But then there are people that will murder you because you are nice to them. Ted Bundy murdered women that were very nice to him. Just stay away from men. <laughs> stay away from men. You know, the next day is kind of awkward. Right. You know, they're kind of avoiding each other. They're not really talking. Yeah. Um, she tries to order from everywhere in like the Airbnb host binder, but no everywhere's closed, nowhere's delivering. Because COVID. Because COVID. And, you know, she's, you know, just kind of giving up on life at this point. Um, she has a Zoom call to her one of her friends talking about how things are kind of weird. And talking about kind of some of the off vibes she's having about her boyfriend. Well, her boyfriend is on social media out at a bar with another girl, which like... What the fuck? Criminal offense. Yeah. Put him in the trash. <laughs> Throw him away. He's talking to other women. He's in the same room as other women. How dare he? Put him right in the, in the shredder. Put him in the shredder. And then put him in the trash. Burn him. Yes, burn him. <laughs> You know, like, they avoid each other, like, the whole day, Charlie right. and Junju, and he had just got done in the shower, and she had just got off the phone with her grandpa, mm -hmm. and she goes to use the bathroom, and he's peeing or brushing his teeth or something, and she opens the door and just sees his straight bare ass. I just want to note, uh, this happens a lot in movies, and I don't know what it is with Hollywood's obsession with butt cheeks it's like they think that a pair of butt cheeks is going to inject sexual tension into a scene they're like we butt know cheeks how to are just funny <laughs> we i know it's just funny but they're like we know how to make this scene sexy hear me out she opens the door and she sees a man's pale butt booty cheeks and they're not even like particularly like impressive booty cheeks you know they're, they're not bad yeah but like they're just standard booty cheeks it's almost unoffensively average. It is. Not to body shame, but I'm just saying, why are we showing butt cheeks that like don't need to be shown anyway? And also, especially men's butt cheeks. Right, 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 right. 
the movie is directed by Katie Holmes and written by her. And yet she completely missed the mark on the female gaze, you know, because that is such a male <gasps> girl. That is such a male gaze thing to think that butt cheeks, that a man's butt cheeks are sexy. Like it's the it men. Is. It's the men that are like, oh, women are going to love this. And it's like, no, my dude, you love this. Let's talk about that. Let's sit down and unpack how you love bare butt cheeks and how you think that injects sexuality into a scene. It's a little homoerotic. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Dudes are like, okay, you know what? I know what it'll draw us a lot of panties. Let's show our butt cheeks. Yeah. It's like, no, y- you like it. You like it. So June is hungry. She has not eaten because everything's closed. I appreciate that she didn't just go rummaging through groceries that she didn't buy. You know what I mean? Yeah. I was concerned about it. When I saw him eating, (laughs) I was like, how is she going to eat? She didn't buy any food. Right. Charlie gets McDonald's because it's the only place open. Yeah. he, He brings her a Big Mac, like a Coke and fries. And she's like, oh, that's so nice. Like, thank you. Um, But I'm a vegan. Or trying to be. She's a vegan because her boyfriend is a vegan. So she's trying to be a vegan. I'm sorry, a vegan in a pandemic? You know what? I'm Being a vegan in this recession is looking pretty fucking good, to be honest. <laughs> a vegan in a Panda Express? I don't think so. Mm-mm. You can't. Beggars can't be choosers. First of all, you are stirred it and out this dude's mercy. Eat the meat. No, but so this meal is the first time that they like sit down and talk to each other. Uh-huh. And... It kind of spills over into the evening. Like they end up like talking all day. Yeah, they're like they talk all day and they're like hanging out in the living room. And I guess they're drinking. Mm-hmm. He's like, you know, what do you do? And she's like, oh, she's like, um, I'm a food critic. Uh, and then he goes, you went to college for that? <laughs> I know he totally burns her. He apologizes, but it's it's true. I didn't realize yeah. you could get like a food critic degree (laughs) well she was she starts laughing well i think she has a degree in journalism or creative writing or something like that and she's like no that's fair yeah she's like i'm still paying off my school loans too (laughs) girl not surprising the world is burning yeah everything's on fire um so i mean the fact that june is getting really chummy with this guy kind of a little bit irks me because i'm like girl you have a boyfriend like I get but that she's your boyfriend... mad at him right now, so she's justifying it. But she's passive aggressively mad at him because she didn't tell her boyfriend. She didn't have a conversation with her boyfriend that she's Mm-mm. mad at him. She told her friend. She told her friend over the phone. And now she's getting really chummy with her new roommate. And here's the thing, too. What happened to them figuring it out in the morning? Because they woke up and then they just decided, like, I guess we're roommates now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, I, I don't. What happened to the original plot of the movie? <laughs> like, where did it go? Just go with it. <laughs> just roll with it. It's like they forgot that they were double booked and they just decided this is the new thing. And um, the fact that the Airbnb host is getting paid two times <laughs> to host these strangers is not lost on me. June called the host that her and her boyfriend booked with. And the host says, sorry, my husband and I are in the middle of a divorce. He must have booked it also. And June's like, I understand that. But like maybe a refund. And the hostess says, my mom's in the airline. I got to go. Yeah. No, I don't think so. So not professional. Tell your mom, your mom can wait. Okay. 
Oh my God. But so this kind of just becomes a thing. Like June and this guy, Charlie, are just hanging out in the living room. They're drinking, they're talking. Charlie tells her that he's a mechanic. He works on like motorcycles and stuff. Uh He lives in the city. He is, he's a native New Yorker. Yeah. And it gets kind of like cute. It's definitely giving like couple-y vibes. So, I mean, there, but we see like them bonding over like time is a flat circle in this movie and and it kind of makes sense because time was a flat circle during shutdown so I get it but we don't get a sense for like how many days are passing yeah while they're in their little like upstate country oasis they're still watching the news coverage of the pandemic sort of like unfolding and playing out yeah they're just seeing kind of like how bad it really is and at this point in the pandemic, we were all like, oh, it's just two weeks. Yeah. The city shut down. Like, there's no public transport. There's everything is closed. And they, I think they just kind of uh-huh. figured, like, let's just stay here. Like, we're getting along. And they probably thought it's going to be like another week, right? Like, that's fine. We can do this. This is where the female gaze comes into because he's fucking her mind right now. Yeah. Like, yeah. he's fucking her with intellect and his thoughts and fears and stuff. That's the female gaze. He's winning over her brain. No, yeah, it's true. Like, And, like, this is the thing, right? If you're in a committed relationship, you have no business having intimate conversations alone in a romantic cottage setting with someone of the opposite sex. Like, there's just... Because that's how you fall in love. Is by sharing Uh intimate details about your life and opening up. And she's talking about her fears. She's talking about her dreams and he's opening up. And that's literally, like you said, he's fucking her mind. Like, that's how you do it, men. (laughs) Yeah, you have to you have to make her comfortable enough to be vulnerable, Mm -hmm. um, because if she can't tell you how she once stole a goldfish from a pet store when she was eight, Mm -hmm. you don't have a chance. Listen, it escalates. Uh, Again, time is a flat circle during the lockdown. We don't know how fast it escalates, probably in a week or two weeks. But um, one night, June has this quirky idea. She's like, let's do karaoke. And they're having a blast with their karaoke. And, you know, one thing leads to another. And they, they, they end up boning. Yeah. Um, it starts with a kiss. And it escalates. And they end up you know, smacking uglies, knocking the boots. They did not leave room for Jesus. <laughs> they did not. There was Jesus could not fit. Well, yeah. So they have sex. And then the next day, June doesn't even seem like sad about it. She doesn't seem bothered. Nothing. She doesn't. But she does call John. She leaves him a long voice message about like how this isn't working out. Um, she breaks up with him via voicemail. <laughs> I, girl, listen, this is not the vibe. June is trash. Can we just say it's a year relationship? June is trash. I mean, they've been together a year after a year breaking up with someone via voicemail. Well, the thing is, is that she just seems so just unfazed you know, after she breaks up with John via voicemail, he starts calling her and she doesn't answer the phone. And from this point forward, Charlie and June are in a full-blown rom-com. Yeah, so they 
they ride bikes. Mm-hmm. They paint. They found like paint supplies. Yeah. And they start painting. He introduces her to his mom. Yeah. Over the video chat. They um they have little picnics. They go on walks in the forest. And uh-huh. everything is is uh really cute, fun, cozy, spooky until she gets a phone call from the assisted living facility where her grandfather is. Yeah, and they inform her that her grandfather passed away that day. Was it from COVID? I don't think so. They never specified. Because it was during lockdown, she couldn't have a funeral. That happened to a lot of people. That happened to me. Like, that happened That happened to my family. Um, my godmother died during lockdown, and I think it was in April, and we couldn't have a funeral for her. And that was the hardest thing of losing a loved one in the middle of lockdown is the fact that, like, People went into the hospital and it's like they disappeared into a black hole. You couldn't go see them in the hospital. Yeah. I would try calling the hospital to get someone to give me an update on my godmother. And like uh-huh. it was so hard for them to track anyone down. And like, I get it. Like the people were so busy, but I was like, oh my God, I'm never going to see her again. Like I'm never going to talk to her again. And she died and there was no funeral. There was no closure. It seems terrifying. So that's what June is going through. Yeah, and June tells Charlie that she was so close to her grandfather and her grandmother because her parents were murdered. Well, her mom was murdered. It was a murder-suicide. That was a bummer. That was a real bummer. You know, we're talking about the pandemic, which was a bummer, and then the isolation, which was also a bummer. Murder-suicides, you know? This is fiction. You know, like, we didn't need the extra layers of tragedy. Like, your parents dying, tragic. Super tragic. We don't need the layers. This movie was like a Chipotle burrito Mm. of trauma. So the outside is June. The tortilla is June's life. Yeah. And then when you cut into the burrito that you can barely fit into your mouth, you can't. You have to eat it in, like, four sections. Yeah. And she got the guacamole, okay? She sprung for the guacamole on her burrito which was her parents murder suicide what <laughs> what do you mean she's praying for the guacamole and it's her the parents- guacamole costs extra oh okay she went yeah she went out of pocket for the guacamole yeah she get went it. out of pocket for I the guacamole mm-hmm. totally um so i mean you know obviously june is distraught because her grandfather raised her and um she is espresso depresso and she is in mm. bed until like noon the next day then It seems like she forgets how depression works because in the next scene, Charlie convinces her to go bike riding. Yeah. He's like, let's go for you don't make you feel better. A bike ride. And she's like, God damn it. You know what? I think so. (laughs) I think you're right. I think that will make everything better. They go out on a bike ride and it's like the poppiest, most uplifting music is playing in the background. And I'm just like, this isn't how depression works. Wouldn't it be amazing if it did? I know. If I could get on a bike and it, it cure my depression, it would save me a lot of money. Um, Lexapro would be so sad. <laughs> Lexapro would be like lobbying Congress to like get rid of bikes. Like bikes are dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> get rid of bikes. Um, Big Pharma would not be happy if bike rides mm-hmm. cure depression. Nope. Um, but, you know, I think the message is that Charlie is there for June when she needs him, you know? 
And their relationship is intensifying very quickly. I think a lot of people that were in lockdown with a new significant other, I think they fell in love very quickly. They either fell in love or they broke up, right? It's like do or die. I mean, what what else are you going to do, you know? I guess when you put it that way, there's only two options. <laughs> yeah, you can either fall in love or be sad. Parquenas lost dos. <laughs> right. Why not both? It's been a week since June broke up with her boyfriend, uh-huh. and it's been three weeks before that they they went into the Airbnb. So they're, they've been in this Airbnb for almost a month. And I just want to put a side note and say, isn't that expensive? Like, Charlie's a mechanic, and I think he's the one paying for it, or are they both paying for it? She's out of work right now. This Airbnb host is like, I'm minding my business. They haven't canceled the reservation. I'm just going to look the other way and keep charging them. Yeah. And June and Charlie, are they drinking their morning coffee? She's on the couch. He's sitting on the floor. She's like on his shoulder. And they hear a knock at the door. And they're like, what the fuck is that? I know. The way they reacted to the doorbell is the way I always react to the doorbell. Like, it has to be a murderer. Like, who else is ringing my doorbell? It is the most jarring sound in the world. I hate my doorbell. Yeah, so she sends Charlie to open the door, which, fair. I'm a feminist, but fair. (laughs) It's John standing out there. June's ex-boyfriend is standing out there. Why is he here now? You know, it just seems kind of random. Although we did see him trying to call her and she wasn't answering. June hears John's voice and is like, oh. So she goes and she's like right behind Charlie in the doorway. And she's like, John, what are you doing here? Yeah, I thought we broke up. Didn't you get my voicemail? And he's like, um, you're not answering any of my calls. Oh, my God. It just occurred to me. He's the one paying for it because he's the one that reserved it. He's like, bitch, I'm paying for this Airbnb for you to fuck this Unabomber looking motherfucker. Oh, my God. That's he. That's he is hot. <laughs> June and John go for a walk. And uh, John basically tells June that his dad just died from COVID. Of COVID. I know. So it's this tragic thing that happened to him. That kind of makes sense why he's there now, honestly, because he's going through this horrible thing and he wants her. He wants her support. You know, it's kind of a, I don't want to say selfish, but it's kind of selfish. I think it's selfish. He didn't come before then. Right. So here's the thing. He's like, yeah, my dad died. I mean, I know we broke up, but I'm going to need you to get over it. (laughs) (laughs) and cuddle me yeah and uh oh god it's so awkward because charlie is like waiting at the airbnb he's like waiting in the house for them to come back and when june finally comes back she basically tells charlie like hey i'm sorry like it's really awkward his dad just died what am i supposed to do break up with him twice like break up with him squared you know like i don't know what to do she's like you know she's kind of wanting to be there for him because she does care about john so she's like i have to be Mm -hmm. there for him You know what? I feel like situations like that where you're leaning on somebody for moral support after a breakup is just wrong. It's not it's not fair to guilt someone into staying with you, which is what John is doing. And so this crazy thing happens where like Charlie packs up his bags and he leaves the Airbnb and he leaves June and John 
to be alone together. Yeah. The vibes are totally different because we went from June having a grand old time with Charlie, playing cards, drinking karaoke, going for walks, going for bike rides to this kind of like gloomy, boring, humdrum kind of day. You know, you can tell that June is not feeling it. June is so awkward around John. It's mm-hmm. just weird. It is uncomfy. It is uncomfy. I was uncomfy watching it. It is uncomfy. And you do get hints that John is not right for June. Like June is a creative. She has this idea that she wants to write a novel. And when she tells John, he's like, what? You're going to write a novel? No, write a cookbook. And when June says that she basically is out of a job right now because of the pandemic, John is like, oh, it's fine. It was a dead end job anyway. Excuse me? Could you imagine if our husbands looked at us and told us our writing careers were dead-end jobs? How dare you, first of all. (laughs) No, I mean, just like belittling someone's dreams is not the vibe. He's like, well, I'm an attorney and like your cute little food blog, just no. Right. So at this point, I'm thinking that June is going to break up with John all over again. Mm -hmm. And what happens instead is like mind-boggling. Because essentially what happens is the next day, John packs up his bags without discussing it with June. And he says, I'm headed back to the city like my parents need me. So when he says that he's leaving, he said, I think it's a good idea if we go be with her. His mom. Talking about his mom. Yeah. And she's like, my grandfather died. Yeah. And he's like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Right. And so she's kind of telling him, like, I know you have your own grief right now, but I have mine and I can't help you. Right. I can't be with you in your grief. And not just that, you would think that when she told him my grandfather died, that he would spend more than two seconds being like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. Do you want to talk about it? But instead, he's like, oh, man, that sucks. All right. Well, I got to get going. Yeah. Just he just leaves. He's trash. He deserves to be thrown in the trash. So now we get these like sad scenes of like June at the Airbnb and starting to write her novel because she's inspired Mm -hmm. by like memories of Charlie who like, where is Charlie? Like, where'd he go? (laughs) Well, he went to go see his mom at one point. He took her groceries. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so Charlie went back to the city. Yeah. Charlie went back to the city, but she doesn't know where he, like, she doesn't know where in the city he lives. Like telling somebody you live in New York, it's like telling somebody that you live like in the world. Like, it doesn't matter. Well, they spent a month together, Charlie and June, and he never told her that he lives in the same neighborhood that she does. Because when June eventually goes back to New York, it's obviously a different world. I mean, it it's still in lockdown. Everybody's wearing masks. The streets are like really bare. It's like a weird, weird place. And Charlie lives in the same neighborhood. But, you know, they at one point even walk past each other and don't even recognize each other because they're wearing masks. Listen, I'm not going to lie. I miss the mask. Yeah. I miss only having to do my eye makeup, yeah. you know, and I didn't have to smile. It was really freeing to be out in public with a mask and not have to do like that little polite smile you do when you make eye contact with a stranger. Uh-huh. But you know what I was thinking too? I bet celebrities loved the mask mandate because they could go out in public and not be recognized. Ooh, yeah. They could do whatever the fuck they wanted. Yeah. Taylor Swift was among us. She was among us and we never noticed her. She probably wasn't among either of us, considering <laughs> it was... Probably, because I live in the suburbs of Northern Virginia and you live in the country of Kentucky. I live... what I don't know what the 
between spaces, between rural and suburban? Here's you want to know the rule for knowing if uh-huh. you live rural or suburban. If you can go outside naked and nobody calls the cops, you live in a rural area. Listen, we just have really chill neighbors, okay? (laughs) Yeah, so they walk right by each other, don't even notice each other, um, which, Uh like, honestly, for me, that's kind of a dream because I hate running into people, like, unexpectedly. I hate it so much. Like, I need to be prepared mentally to interact with people. Yeah, same. Yeah. You can't just walk into somebody and be like, everything's fine. It's so hard because you can't, if you run into someone you know out in the in the wild, you can't just go, oh, hey, and keep walking. Like you have to stop and you have to have a conversation. And then it's like, how do you end the conversation? Do you make promises to see them late? Like, it's just, it's like, I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. Mm-hmm. It's, <sighs> you know, June, who... I feel like she loves New York a lot. I feel like she loves the hustle and the bustle. And also her job is a very social job, you know, going out, eating places, doing stuff. True. And she doesn't have anything that she, like, loves right now because the world has shut down, especially New York. Right. And, you know, New York is nothing like what she's used to. And she's, she's depressed and she hates it. And so she wants to go back to the country. What she does is crazy. So... She gets a Lyft or an Uber or whatever, and she rides back out into the country and she finds an Airbnb that Charlie once mentioned in passing. Like one time in passing during their bike rides, Charlie has said, you see that house over there? That That is a, an amazing house. If the world is ever ending, that's where I want to stay. And she finds that house and gets dropped off there. Okay. Stranded. She doesn't even ask him to wait. No. And she rings the doorbell. And I'm like, how do you? What? No, I could never. But because this is a a movie, Charlie opens the door and he's just like, oh, my gosh, how did you find me? And she's like, you said you would stay here, remember? And I'm thinking, what if some other random guy had opened the door? Would she have been like, we got double booked. I guess we're rooming together. (laughs) (laughs) Like in the movie, would it just start it again? I break up with my long-term boyfriend and fuck all of my Airbnb roommates. (laughs) This is my resume. You're not special. Yeah, this is my resume. So, um, you know, she tells Charlie that she missed him and she wanted to see him. And they hug and they kiss. And then he says something. I don't know. I don't know what you'll think about this. It's weird, but I love the line. I think I love you. I love that so much more than I love you because I love you is so, it's so established. It's so like, I say it all the time, you know, like, I love you. I think the first time someone says, Uh I love you, they should say, I think I love you. You know, like, like I'm starting to pull this together, you know, let's normalize thinking about it first let's normalize (laughs) if someone's told me like hey i think i love you i'd be like you fucking think like you think you don't know if it's the first okay if it's the first time they say it like if your husband right now your husband of like whatever many years 13 your husband of 13 years comes up to you and says hey courtney i think i love you you'd be like hold the hold the fucking phone like hold up but if a, if a guy on the street comes up to you and says, I think I love you, I think that's more appropriate than a guy 
from the street coming up to you and being like, I love you. It's like, well, dude, the I think is important. We just met, bro. (laughs) But tell me more. And June's like, I love you too. And then they have one of those big romantic movie kisses. Yeah, and that's essentially where the movie leaves us. Like they're back to blowing money on an Airbnb. What if their relationship only works in an Airbnb and for the rest of their relationship, they have to rent out Airbnbs? I like it. Picasso. I like it, Picasso. (laughs) Well, But think about this, right? Like they're New Yorkers. They live in New York. New Yorkers have Uh small apartments. Usually not all New Yorkers, but most New Yorkers, especially in Manhattan, the apartments are not huge. And so it's easy to get along when you live in a house. There's lots of Uh places you can be like away from each other. Imagine Uh these people in a small apartment and they still make it. Uh -uh. We don't know. We don't see them in a small apartment the whole movie. We never see them together in the real world. And I wonder if that's on purpose. I wonder if they're like, if there's layers of meaning, like the um, Chipotle wrap Uh burrito thing you were talking about. Yeah. (laughs) Probably not. No, you know what? It makes makes a lot of sense to me. So I'll allow it. And this is where our movie leaves us. Yep. The teapot is empty for today. Don't worry, Maury's brewing it on the way. We'll be back next week with another episode. We'll see you next time. Bye.